gents. What's good, people? It's Reg. It's Stone. And we started a new company, a new LLC, Reg and Stone Bales Bondsman. Um, right now, we plan going out to Atlanta. You know what I'm saying? We figure we set up shop. You know, we hear a lot of Atlanta rappers getting arrested. So what we figure is that we'll bail you out for your masters. That's right. Next level <laughs> music industry <laughs> shit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> You're out there. You, you kind of sick of eating that little hood wine, a little, you know, you know how it is, a little jailhouse wine type shit, you know? We'll bail you out, but, you know, you might have to give a couple of singles our way, you know what I'm saying? Might have to give us that publishing, you know what I'm saying? But think about it. You'll be home for Christmas, home for Thanksgiving, home for Easter, you know what I'm saying? I think this is, this is a better deal than you get with Russell, you know what I'm saying? Just throwing it out there. I, I, I feel like it's the same deal you get with Russell. I feel like this, <laughs> this, this is like the industry operates. We got you. Uh, we we just own you, like yeah. oh man! Don't give it don't don't give the industry any ideas. I, I remember it was uh, when Bobby Smurda got arrested, and I remember reading an article where basically, like his management called the label up for like to bail him out, and they basically did the math and were like, nah, he's gonna stay. Like they they were like you know like it's, it's fucked up if you think about it's it. Fu- no, it is the whole it's reason. Very fucked up. Yeah. But it's like it was there on some. Well, you know, we got we got the single, so we don't have a project. The album isn't done, so uh, you just stay there. We'll see. We'll see you in about uh, six years. <laughs> oh man. Well, we're, uh, we're we're going to talk about that, but I mean, we we got to talk about you know, obviously, like the 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 biggest album of the year. You that's know, right. Machine Gun Kelly, his last rock album. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was going, I was about to say Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> Jack Harlow, shit. <laughs> oh man, um, no, I mean, look, like, who's this Kendrick guy? I'm a Jack Harlow fan. That's true. That's Which dead. is is probably something that is being said right now. On TikTok, there's, there's a lot ass. of fucking seventeen-year-olds on some like, who is this old man Kendrick guy? I, I'm a Jack Harlow fan. <laughs> old, old man at thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, you know, the Kendrick album actually dropped this past weekend, and I, I think I was surprised. I, I, I don't. I, I feel like I'm just like so. I have such PTSD around like. You know Kanye, and fuck, you know like Rihanna's been trying to you know drop an album since 2016, and like I feel like I don't know, man. Like I I, I didn't expect this album to drop. Even when you said the album was going to drop, I'm like ah, I don't believe it. You know, <laughs> like look the, the the way that TDE is playing SZA right now, like <laughs> I can't trust TDE. But uh, the album dropped, uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. And, uh, you know, it is Kendrick's latest effort. This is a, a full, legit album, not a mixtape, not an EP. Um, this is a body of work by Kendrick Lamar. And, you know, I, I think there's been a lot of discussion. I I will say this is, like, the most I've talked about music with, with like, friends and, and colleagues in a long time. Um, and, I you know, this is... Like it or not, like, you know, this is like the epitome of, of hip hop right now in terms of just like scale and, and like how it moves the culture. 
Um, maybe that's not true if you don't listen to Kendrick. Maybe if you listen to like I don't know, like Lil Pump, or. <laughs> <laughs> but I think in terms of like somebody millennials and up, I think this is like a really big moment. Um, and you know I have thoughts, but I want to give you the floor, Reggie. Oh, look at <laughs> look at that setup. <laughs> Look at that setup. Trying to get me shot in these streets. Uh, you know, all right. So the thing is with this album, and, and I think is the fact of where. So Kendrick, all right. So long story short, and this is this is a weird intro. They don't really give Pulitzer prizes to anybody. So we could kind of easily say that as far as bars concerned, you know, you might have wittier rappers. You might have dudes who are better with the hooks. But as far as pure writing ability, I don't think there's any question that Kendrick is at the top. You know, if, if you got to sit there and, and get somebody who could kind of write words out, you know, I could think of maybe a couple of underground dudes, maybe, but nowhere nearly as fully well-rounded talented as Kendrick. So, um, I find this fascinating because to me, this is the hip hop has found therapy kind of album where you can see the, the whole theme of the album is dealing with trauma. Now pause. A lot of hip hop is illegal trauma, you know what I'm saying? Even your shit up bang bang albums are about trauma, you know what I'm saying? Violence, America, capitalism, growing up in it, yada yada yada. This feels like Kendrick's going into the dirt, into the dirt on relationships, into the dirt on societal ills like homophobia and other isms, into the dirt as far as regarding fucking child molestation, into the dirt about toxic masculinity. Just like it's just basically one basic a sociological sociology book just compressed and put into a fucking hour and fucking 15 minute record. And that's what he does. I mean, we all kind of, you know, I think we kind of all agree that from good kid to Pimp a butterfly, it was a revelation. Not to say that good kid wasn't a blockbuster album, but you have this dude who basically is able to kind of bounce both like, you know, jams and also things to kind of give you thought with to kill up to kill a buff to Pimp a butterfly. He kind of came out there and it's kind of changed the whole game. A lot of fucking, you know, he had spoken word he's doing. He had a lot of jazz players. And to me, this record sounds like a continuation of that record. That said, I'm going to have to be a hater. It feels that while he's carrying these very lofty themes in the record, I think that it's a little bit more focused on the writing side than on the songwriting side. I don't know if you agree still. Yeah, I... I... Explain. <laughs> All right. So here's my thing, right? So, you know, as, 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 you know, Kendrick come out there, he got a real ass job. He's making money. Like as black people, we all tend to do. He's like, I'm going to do jazz shit. I'm, I'm from now on. It's all about the jazz. I'm, I'm a grown man. I wear suits now and shit. So, you know, people butterfly comes out. He's got a whole bunch of great jazz players and the great musicians. Kendra Foster, uh, fucking Glasper. You know what I'm saying? Uh, just basically all these acts who know how to craft melodies and craft songs. And I felt that that gave him a really good fold to play against. You know what I'm saying? That, you know, no matter what, the Thundercat, they're dropping a bass line. It's like, you know, it kind of guides you. This record feels a little bit more self-indulgent. I don't know who did the production, but just sonically, you could tell a lot of things are happening. A lot of beat changes. You know, I, I do hear some stuff that does remind me of Soundwave, which is generally his go-to producer the in-house TDE producer, but it still sounds weird. I, I can't say weird. I, that's not fair. It's, it's not necessarily weird sounding, but it's definitely a focus of instrumentation where 
you know, which is, you know, unique instrumentation, pianos, things like that, which seems kind of more eclectic than you kind of expect. Even though you could make an argument, a, a hip hop record coming out that's jazz based in the 2000s and like 17s, whenever Pimp a Butterfly came out, that was a unique thing to do also. That was a special thing to do also. For me, what kind of makes it weird is the idea of where at least that was grounded in the idea of where, hey, we're doing a jazz record. This is going to be based around these ideas. You know, we're kind of focused on over here. It feels like thematically here, there really isn't the musical theme. You've got some drums that could be trap. You've got some stuff that could be boom bap. You've got definitely a couple of songs that could be R&B, but it's kind of everywhere. And I think that kind of makes it tough because lyrically Kendrick gets kind of everywhere because, and hear me out, while it's focused on trauma, it's a, it's like I said, it's a whole fucking psychotherapist, sociological textbook, like 800 pages of things to cover from like, you know, you got a record here where Kendrick was forced to, or at least, you know, felt forced to admit that he was child molested. You've got a song that kind of talks, talk, talks about toxic masculinity. You've got Kodak Black all over this thing for no real reason. It's dealing with a lot of themes. So even though, and, and the irony of it is, it was announced as a double album. When I saw the runtime, I was like, it's an, it's an hour and 15. That's not really a double album, but whatever, I'll take it. But he definitely fits a double album's worth of stuff in it. And for me, I think what makes it difficult is that if you're gonna make an album that dense, you gotta have some spaces, you gotta have some melodies, you gotta have something to kind of write it out, and I felt like it was lacking. Wow. Um, you should write for Pitchfork. Because, you know, the, the, the Pitchfork review came out and uh, Kendrick got a seven, and people were uh, <laughs> shitting the brick, basically. <laughs> um, I, You know what? I, I feel like this is the opposite. And I feel like this is not really a Kendrick Lamar. Like, like if you were expecting to be a butterfly, you're already disappointed by damn. Right. Like, you know, I, and I think like there's an era of people who expect Kendrick to be kind of just like, you know, poet voice of the people, like, you know, like, you know, kind of like holier than thou type person. And I feel like with this album, he's just kind of like, and I feel like he was trying to do that with Damn, but this album, he's just kind of like, like, yo, I'm just a, like a dude from Compton, right? And I feel like he he's just kind of like, you're kind of putting me on this pedestal as the voice of Black America, but I got my own shit that I'm trying to work through. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I think that was kind of the goal of this album to kind of like say like hey like you know like who are your heroes right like like it's almost like he's saying like is this your king but he's talking about himself you know and I think that's something that like it's very evident I, I think like the use of Kodak Black on this album was like I I will say it's masterful because I do think like I see the point that he's getting and he, he made this point better than than Kanye did with like including little baby and Marilyn Manson right I think it's even like less about cult, cancel culture and it's more basically saying like I am me and Kodak Black are basically the same person like we grew up in the same situations like Kendrick has a very messed up situation Kodak Black came from you know most likely a messed up situation I don't really know um, 
But, you know, I probably don't say all the things I mean to say out loud. I'm reserved. Whereas Kodak Black says whatever he wants to say. Um, and, you know, it's, you know, Kendrick might have like some, some shit in his past that just hasn't come out. Whereas Kodak, <laughs> we all know. But, you know, I get the Pulitzer and Kodak Black, you know, gets the derision. And you know we're we're kind of the same people, and I and I I thought that was really really interesting. It was like an interesting way to kind of use Kodak Black, <laughs> you know, to kind of make that point where, you know, we do have Kendrick on such a high pedestal, you know, we do think of him as like kind of the voice of Black America, and he's just, he's just literally like I'm a I'm just like a you know a nigger from Compton dealing with my own shit. Um, and, you know, I feel like there are elements of probably it's a pandemic and I've just been sitting here for two years <laughs> and this album, right? Like, there is <laughs> this whole thing around, like, um, I don't know, like, like the whole, yeah, like, like uh, his mother was saying, like, this, this uncle, like, molests you, right? And, and you know, um, Kendrick is like, no, like, that didn't happen. But he had to say it repeatedly. And like, you know, yes, th- that is a therapy session narrated by Beth Gibbons. <laughs> 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 Who, by the way, if I want some sad ass shit, that's like the first person you should call. Bruh, it's, 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 when, when he, when I saw the Porter Shed, basically like, oh, fuck it. I was like, that's it. That, this is the sad like, song. Yeah, like, you don't, you don't call them for upbeat bangers. Like, that A&R de- deserves an award, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's who you call is Beth Gibbons. But you know, like or or even like the the whole thing around like um you know him talking about his uncle um and you know like um like like being transgender um you know I thought that was a great take on it, right? It's like Kendrick is super conflicted, right? Like and, and even Kendrick saying like oh like he eats pussy or whatever like like you know that makes it okay right like th- those are like things happening in the world right and i think it's kendrick saying like i am going through these things like don't expect me to like come out <laughs> against a don't say gay bill you know like because i am dealing with my own personal shit and trauma like i can't really like speak you know wholeheartedly around that so I don't know. I, I I thought it was like a great introspective album. Um, it's definitely Kendrick's like four 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 album, in a lot of ways. Yeah, good comparison. Um, yeah, you know, like like even like the last track when he's like, you know, I chose me. I'm sorry, you know, like I thought that was like super poignant. It's like you know what, you want me to be these things, but I have to choose myself right now. And I'm like, I'm sorry, and it sucks that he has to say I'm sorry for choosing myself, right? Because you know when you get to that level as an artist, as an entertainer, you have all these other people that you have to kind of deal with. <laughs> but sometimes you have to choose yourself. Like, like I'm sure the label is like, yo, like, you know, every year, like, why are you not putting out an album? You know, it's been five years. And he's dealing with this trauma, you know? So um, I, I thought it was good. Like, I, I think I can't interact with this album like you're... I feel like Kendrick has always wanted to make a statement with every album, right? And I, and I feel like you, you can't interact with this album on, like, the bass level, you know? Like, you, you kind of have to, 
like sit back and think about it. And to me, that's true art. You know, um, is this my favorite Kendrick album? Like, I don't want to make the ranking game. It's definitely like, I, I can't say it's, you know, there's albums that like section 80 and like untitled unmastered are probably like my two favorite just cause I, they get the most plays. Is that the most favorite, like the best of Kendrick's work? I'm not really sure, but I saw the vision and I feel like he kind of executed it very masterfully you know, like he, like I, I knew what he was trying to do with this album, and um, you know, even like it's, I think it is supposed to make you uncomfortable, you know, and I'm not mad at that. Oh yeah, no, I, I felt that like even with the, you know, we could always make the argument is, you know, if you aren't a member of that in group, can you use a slur? But like the the what's it, auntie's diaries, auntie story. Like even with that, when he's kind of just kind of going up with the f word, you kind of see him kind of struggling and kind of using an example of where you know. I am not perfect, but this is me working through these feelings to kind of come to an idea of where, hey, you know, maybe, you know, I respect these people. I respect their sexuality. This is, this is how I'm detoxing myself of my homophobia, of my toxic masculinity, of all these things that kind of built up on me. And the thing is, if you really think about it, he's always been about like, hey, and actually it's kind of weird to kind of say that. I feel like him and, and weirdly enough, Vince Staples, are like two rappers who are very, very, very concerned about childhood. Mm. Whereas like, hey, you know, like, you know, because on the flip side, they're both wealthy successful. Vince Staples going to have a TV show apparently and Netflix coming out. You know, they've been on the other side. So it could definitely be like, we're party, I'm making party music, we're chilling, chilling, chilling. But it feels like in their work continuously, they're kind of going back to like, hey, you know, what the fuck happened in these years where, you know, not to be funny, America kind of says it's supposed to be like leave it to beaver years, you know, it's supposed to be the fucking family matter years. It's supposed to be the full house years. And we were basically in fucking Vietnam. <laughs> so I think it's kind of like an idea of where, how do you kind of mine through it? Like I said though, and, like, and, I, and I hate being that guy. I felt that it was a little bit stronger. Like, and again, I, I feel like that I'm, I'll be, I'll be, I guess I am that guy. Where the hooks, man. You know what I'm saying? Where the melodies? I don't hear all the trauma. Niggas want to dance. You know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to hear all this pain on the wax. And I think that, and this is my biggest diss, right? So he announces this album. And on that same time, because I remember I was talking to a DJ friend of mine, and then I was like, damn, it's fucked up where you have, he's coming out, and you have Leaky Leave 47, and you also have Kel Chris. I'm like, damn, it's fucked up. And they were like, idiot. He announced later. Like, he announced like two weeks ago he's coming out for record. They already had their dates. And I started really thinking about it. And all right, so here, this is this is the hater comment, right? It's very fascinating where a lot of underground rappers are kind of mining a lot of the same kind of things, but doing it without losing their hooks. You know what I'm saying? And I hate to say it like this. The Kel Chris album, I'm not going to be like it's, it's album of the year, but he's somebody who traditionally deals with also you know, black trauma, black society, the way he grew up with. And even with all that stuff, he's still able to give you some meat. And like, as far as music is concerned, and, and this is what I'm going to say, if Kendrick wasn't saying what Kendrick's saying, would we like the record as much? Uh, you know, I, 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 I have a, a little conga dance. I have a friend who hates to pip a butterfly. And says that it's Kendrick's worst album, because like, I get that. what is Kendrick like doing with the, all this jazz shit? 
Right. Agreed. I can see that. <laughs> I, I, I like it, but I see. Like I said, and, I, I understand that critique. And I, I and I think that this is like a part of Kendrick's narrative. Like, why are you expecting me to like do hooks? You know, like I, I, I like other than like we gonna be all right, which is like not even like a. I mean, I guess you could play in the club, <laughs> but, but like <laughs> you know, like Kendrick is not Drake. You know, like and I don't think he's ever been Drake, right? Like I'm just trying, like even like swimming pools. It's like a track that you would play. I've I've seen that played at parties and people go like crazy, but that's about like alcoholism and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 one of those it's born it's born in the USA. It's just like we don't really get the meaning of this song. Yeah. So like, I, I I don't know if I like necessarily was looking for like humble was like like it's a bop, but like you could play in the club, but I think it's like an accidental bop, right? Like I I don't think I look for Kendrick for hooks, you know, I, I looked to Drake for that, you know, like I, I, I want Drake to give me my, my, my club music, um, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I don't think he was going for that. And I don't think he was trying to to, to make that. And I think like I, 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 I feel like we're just going to disagree. Like, I, I feel like he was trying to make something that was like maybe more representative of himself like the cadence changes the beat changes like maybe it's like a an a thought around his mindset and you know like look i i if you're look like if you're looking for hooks like you're not going to get it but i think i don't think kendrick was trying to do that right like i don't think kendrick needs to do that right like i don't Agreed. think it's 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 something that he like it, like he just has never built his brand on that you know um so yeah i i <laughs> i don't know although it's kind of funny though like apparently there's this like weird thing that's trying to build where like people are trying to request like we stay together at the club just to see what happens <laughs> <laughs> and i don't know i don't know if i live for that chaos but um, that's a lot of bottles thrown. That's that's definitely <laughs> bottle thrown music. <laughs> oh man. You know, it's like I said, I see it's just I don't know. Like like it's hard because and like I said, I, I don't want to be that guy. It's just I felt like the songwriting were, the concepts were a little tighter before with the Pimper Butterfly in Dam in Good Kid Mad City. And I feel like it's a little lacking here. And that's and like I said, I feel bad because it's like is the art it's you know, it's I try to think of it's like you know, it's we're in a weird space of where, you know, generally it's rare to have like an artist be critically acclaimed and commercially acclaimed. It feels that those walls have gotten wider. Not to say that, you know, there isn't artistry on both sides, there isn't commercial viability on both sides, but it feels that, you know, because the way, you know, back in the days, you're all listening to the same radio stations and yada, 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 things have gotten flatter. So if somebody's really big, they're really big in a way that you wouldn't really see normally. Like a Dua Lipa is big because she makes very solid club leading pop that gets played in a lot of places, you know? Like there's, there's, there's not really, she's not gonna be doing ballads or whatever, whatever. She's got that niche, that niche gets it to popularity, that's about it. The idea of having a well-rounded star like you could have back in the days, like let's say a Madonna who could do R&B, who could do like pop, 
could do club shit, I think it's kind of becoming less and less because it's just hard. It's just so much noise out there. You know what I'm saying? Like in any of those lanes, it's like you're competing with thousands of one fucking artist. You just find a lane that you're good at, get to the top of it, and hopefully that gets some kind of mainstream stuff. Kendrick is kind of above that. He's he's again like, it's not hard to say that if he's not the best rapper in the world, pure talent wise, he's definitely one of the top ones. And he's somebody where he fucking with that talent sells boatloads, you know, tours arenas, wins Pulitzers. He's just, he's of a high self esteem, highly esteemed, I should say, not high self esteem, but high esteemed fucking artist. You know what I'm saying? He's Radiohead. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's fucking King Crimson. He's fucking all these. He's Rush. He's all these artists that you kind of Nirvana. He's all these artists where it's like, oh, they're game changers. That's Kendrick. But like I said, it's. I just like sometimes you're ready to head be going a little weeds a little bit too much. That's, that's what I feel like. This, this is this is this is his hail to the thief. <laughs> and I and I say this as a hail to the thief fan. It's 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 rough. It's like I don't want to say it's a bad album. It's not, but I felt like he had a better balance of experimentation and songwriting and other records. Yeah. No, I- and I, and I feel you. Like, like even "Damn" was an album that, like, I don't think I truly loved, but it was like all kind of bangers, and I, I think it had like a a cohesiveness to it. I would say "Pimp a Butterfly" did not have a cohesiveness to it for me. Um, and I know, like, "Good Kid, Kid Mad City," like "Section 80," like you know, like a lot of stuff, like, like kind of sounds like it's from the same producer, like whatever. Um, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, like I said, I, I don't feel like I was expecting, I didn't know what to expect with this album. And I think like the more and more I listen to it, the more like I, I, I get it. I understand like what you're trying to do. Um, you know, and I, I, I think like, again, like Kendrick is, is, you know, he, he's able to get like the Bentleys without having these bankers. Right, like you know, but then he like writes an album about like how like having a Bentley does not like mean anything to him <laughs> because this is how he grieves, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, so I yeah I I don't know like I I feel like it's 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 definitely something that like you know it's really interesting sometimes with Kendrick because his discography now is so deep um, after ten years and I do feel like every album has a different theme and a different approach. And you like it is kind of funny to like see like people who like love the the last album but hated the next album, and I feel like there's not a lot of people like that with Kendrick. I mean, with with with, with an artist other than Kendrick. Um, like I said, like I I defended like Pimple Butterfly to like uh, my my friend, and she was just like, no, this this album is trash. Um, I won't call her <laughs> name out because <laughs> I want y'all to dox her. <laughs> you know. Um, but, um, but that, that album, I think was just like very experiment, experimental and like, you know, Kendrick hanging out with like Kamasi and all those, those guys. And like, that was a result of it. Um, you know, so I, yeah, I, 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 I would probably say, I, I don't know. Like if you haven't listened to this album, like, you know, maybe probably go in with an open mind. Um, you know, and, and I, I think you shouldn't tie this album to like anything you've heard before. Almost like the, you know, the, the Tyler album, 
which is like Tyler's reinventing himself like every album. Agreed. Um, yep. You know, I, I feel like this is what, you know, people on this level kind of have to do, I think. Um, not just to like, like stay fresh, like, you know, in the, in the sphere of, of the culture, but also maybe pushing themselves creatively. Um, so yeah, I, I can't be bad at this album. Like I, like I said, like I, I'm not ready to give it like a ranking. Um, I know Pitchfork is like seven out of 10. Um, and I could kind of see that if you kind of, which is good for Pitchfork, Pitchfork be kind of funny. Like, yeah. Like 0.6 is actually like, you know, <laughs> Yeah, but like I, I, I don't know. Like I, I'll listen to like the Quell Quest and a, cu- a couple other people. I, I can't think of a, a another rapper that can do an album like this and get away with it. You know. Oh, yeah, it's it's not, it's it's yeah. He's he's singular, and like I said, I think it's the idea of like Tyler, your Radioheads, where it's like we've got to reinvent ourselves. And like I said, it's it's I feel bad because I, you know, I listen to a lot of weird shit. I like experimental shit. You know, it could be my own bias. Like I said, it could be the idea of where. I'm coming to Kendrick expecting very specific things about the way he grew up with and, you know, L.A. and the West Coast and some, you know, some dope production and something like a fucking, you know, that'll pass the whip test. And, you know, like I said, it's, it's to a certain extent, it's, it's, it's I'll fully admit it's my bias. And it also goes to the idea of, and I like your point, you know, I'd rather listen to this and let's say Loverboy, you know what I'm saying? Like at a certain point, yeah. you have to reinvent yourself, you have to keep things fresh. Like... It's we're we're like this we're we're approaching thirty minutes in the podcast and we're still having great conversation about this. You know, it's this this album will launch a lot of, a lot of think pieces. It's it's a very like I said, it's a very dense, very well written album. And I and I know I've been kind of shitting on it, but trust me, I'd rather have this than like let's say. And again, even though I liked it, the last feature record, like you know that that was also long a record, and it was just feature painting feature by the fucking numbers. And again, perfectly fine, nothing wrong with that. But there's no conversation. It's just like, hey, if you liked all the other feature songs and mixtapes, you know, and you got broke up and you want to get in your fuckboy shit, here's fucking eighteen more jams for you to fucking go by. Like this record, I had to listen to. I couldn't passively listen to it. I couldn't put it on, do my work, at the, like you know, put it on the background, put it on the stereo, put it on the hi-fi. And let it absorb myself, and I think that it's a good thing. And I'll even say it's probably one of the records where I have to sit with, which is a rarity. Like you know, usually I'm one and done. These are the four bangers. You know, put it to the mental fucking case, and then when I'm riding around the car, play those four bangers. This one is not an easy listen to at all, both thematically and musically. So I definitely have to sit with it. That said, like I said, it's for me, it's just lacking a little bit, and I think it's just that. I felt that sometimes musically he'd give me more song earworms where I'd be like, oh, I got to rewind that back. I got to rewind that back. This one's a little tough to do because it's about a lot of fucked up shit. Again, I do fully admit it could be me. It could be the way I'm kind of going to it. It could be me putting my own views on the Kendrick as opposed to, you know, what Kendrick is doing. Like you said, he made this album for him, not for me. You know, he, he made the art for him, not for me. He's playing by his muse. So I can't really call him out or say it's anything wrong with him. That said, for me, I feel like he had a better, he was able to toe that line a little better of past releases. Mm. Mm. This is probably our first disagreement in, in, a, in a while. Um, yeah, man. Yeah. I'm Kendrick Hater. Is a, like, it's watch, like West Coast, man. Watch, Hate it. You know what, what I'm saying? <laughs> New, York, New York hip hop forever. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to die on the grave of, uh, I don't know, like you, like five year old foreign. So I've got I've got that, my, that's my the red sound man of New York. <laughs> a big L forever tattoo all over my forehead. <laughs> Whoopty. That's that's the sound of New York. Like 
Anyway, we should probably move on. We, we've talked about that for a while. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. Uh, yeah, I know you have been wanting to talk about this for a long time. Uh, your, your people down in Atlanta and ATL. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Well, well, it's more. All right. So, as I think we've all heard, about a week and a half ago, the Georgia DA went and filed RICO charges against YSL. Use uh, basically a lot of acronyms, but long story short. It's a young thugs crew. Um, I believe almost thirty of them got arrested, uh, basically for cons- criminal conspiracy charges. They they consider them a full fledged street gang who happened to rap on the side. Um, some people got hit with murder charges, guns, drug dealing, possession, the, the, a whole litany of charges. As anybody knows, Rico is a big fucking deal. What is Rico? Rico or these laws basically passed by that kind of said that, hey, if they can link you to a criminal organization, that you kind of, you know, if you're part of it, you're responsible for all of it. It's something they used to kind of take down the mafia where they really couldn't hammer down the heads because they were too good at covering their traps. And recently it's been brought up to kind of go after black gangs, to put it long story short. Um, I don't think anybody, I think we're surprised at the scale of it. I think we're surprised at the fact of so many artists got hemmed up in it. I don't think we're particularly surprised that Young Thug got arrested. Um, not necessarily. I think we're probably surprised it happened now. But uh, as we all know, a couple of years ago when it was the, the, the Barter Six and Baby and fucking Thug are all threatening Wayne and Wayne's bus quote unquote got shot up. It wasn't too easy to kind of hear rumors behind it. Young Thug himself is not somebody who's not been known to have not gotten arrested for some crimes over the years. Nothing too major, major, but he definitely has a rap sheet. So I, I think it's that is not necessarily unique. What is kind of scary, though, is the scale. You know, I still look at somebody like Gunna, who's basically, you know, as far as hip-hop is concerned, young talent. You know, he was out here dating one of the Chloe X Halleys. He's at the Megala last week. This week, he's in fucking chains. Why? For one conspiracy count. Was he involved in a lot of other shit? Who knows? But right now, he's only in jail because he's, quote, unquote, a part of the gang. So you look at it, and it's like, damn, I kind of get what's happening here, but it also smells fishy. I'm not going to say a lot of these dudes are clean. A lot of these dudes most likely did a lot of the shit that they did. But you have things of, like, you know, they're using his lyrics against him as far as Young Thug's concerned. It just kind of sucks. And, and I know there was a, something running around a meme about basically them asking the DA about Jack Harlow. Like, it's like, will you arrest Jack Harlow? And then, you know, the whole idea was the fact that they were fucking with the DA, but it kind of brings home to the fact of where you have a whole bunch of these artists kind of drug up. And I hate to be that guy. If they're, if they're being dangerous in the street, shooting people, doing all these things, absolutely let law enforcement go after them. Where I get a little bit disheartened is the idea of where... Uh, and I hate saying this. Were they the most dangerous street gang in Atlanta? You know what I'm saying? It, it, it looks at it where, you know, you have this big case, press releases, they're on TV, it's a whole big discussion. And part of me, and I hate it, the, the cynical part of me, looks at it where it's just like, was this really making our streets quote unquote safer? Are our rapper gangs really rolling around here that kind of crazy? Or could it, is it just like fucking like regular gangs like I, I definitely you know looks like there were a lot of bad actors there and they should have got arrested but and I just look at it where I'm just like damn like 30 motherfuckers red ranges red ranges of fucking you know involvement Rico charges 
it is feels a lot of stunting there, and and that's why I kind of feel bad. Where you know, by all means, Slug has been kind of playing it fast and loose. Not surprised he got caught out there. You hope that he wouldn't, but uh, he he did. But at the same time, it's like, damn man, it, so, something about it feels very like heavy handed. Yeah, and this is like unfortunately not a new thing. Um, even just with like. You know, obviously this is like, you know, come to prominence, you know, because it's, it's Young Thug. It's, it's like, it's, you know, major rappers. But, you know, prosecutors have used RICO charges just for regular ass dudes um, and strung up people who might have liked a, like, Facebook post, you know. Yeah. Like, as cons- conspiracy, you know, and saying, like, that's conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. So... Unfortunately, this is not surprising. It's it's really sad, you know, because I, I, I do feel like it's like it's about sending a message. You know, I, I'm Agreed. using air quotes <laughs> for the people on the <laughs> podcast. But, you know, like sending a message as opposed to like actually, you know, f- quote, you know, quote, unquote, fighting crime. Right. Um, you know, maybe like Young Thug might be like, you know, you know, friends with somebody who might be doing this. But is Young Thug like the the mastermind behind like a criminal a criminal conspiracy? Like I, it just doesn't seem right, right? And then like also too like the use of lyrics, rap lyrics, um, in court as as a way to incriminate. Um, the, you know the sad thing is all these people who cry freedom of speech and like Elon Musk and like people like that, right? All those people should be like storming the courthouse right now um but you know like this you know freedom of speech really doesn't exist for black people you know um and, and i think that that should be scary that should be like chilly sending chills down people's spine right the fact that you can you know say something you know rap lyrics rap about something and then also you know that can be used against you um i, I think it's a little scary um, so this was just like a lot of like fuckery with this case. Um, and it's kind of crazy that we're just, I don't know. It's, it's in, a, in a weird place where I think you're right. Like, is this the most pressing thing right now? Like for the Fulton County DA? I, I, I don't know. Like it just, it just yeah. seems fishy. Yeah. And it's like, look, I'm not going to be like, yo, free, free, free to shooters. I mean, obviously, like I said, there's been rumors, you know, I think Yak Gotti is one of the big ones who got a, like a, lot, a couple of charges on there who I know has popped up on a couple of uh, thug records. Like, yeah, like, like if you got a dude where it's like, yo, poofy shot somebody. Yeah, please arrest him. But, you know, a lot of these Rico cases, they like kind of sit there, let everything kind of stack up, arrest them all at the same time, make a big case. Like I said, it, it kind of sucks. And, and, and. I'm not trying to say that, like, it's cool for Young Thug to shoot at Lil Wayne. Like, you know, at the end of the day, that's fucked up shit. Go, he should go to jail. You know what I'm saying? Whatever Thug did, he should definitely go to jail. Whatever Yak Gotti did, go to jail. Whatever Gunner did, go to jail. But I do think painting it as a huge criminal conspiracy and a gang equal to, like, some of the more violent gangs we've seen in the United States, I think it's a little too far. I think that they should arrest people who should who committed crimes, fully prosecute them, you know, make them go to jail, make them pay restitution, do something. But Rico charges, that gets a little weird. You know what I'm saying? And, and I, like I guess rap is a word, not a word, but rap is a space of where, you know, you get on, you put the homies on. You know what I'm saying? We, we're all rapping together. It's, it's, it's one big weird family, let's just say. Like I was watching fucking Snoop Doggy Dog talk about how 
<sighs> it's like everything else is the metaverse. They're going to be collaborating with Bad Boy on some like Death Row Bad Boy metaverse shit, blah, blah, blah. But during the interview, it was Drink Champs. He kind of mentioned that uh, Irv Gotti hit him up. No, it was Unrivera. Unrivera hit up um, Nori, basically saying he doesn't feel right having, you know, Bad Boy and Death Row kind of get together. And then Snoop was like, yo, like, people don't know this, but, like, my kids and Puff kids, like, play. Like, they've been playmates forever. Like, like my wife and Kim Porter were cool, and they're all hanging out and doing yada, yada, yada. Like, even with the rap beefs, it's a very, it's like the NBA and shit. It's like, there's only X amount of rappers out there at a certain level. So, yeah. obviously, they all know each other. They're calling each other's up. They got all the phone numbers. It just feels weird to have a, a criminal conspiracy against a rap crew. That feels fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I also thought that NBA players hated each other. And then, like, I was at, like, a club. And, like, you know, it's like, I was in D.C. It's like the Wizard and whoever team they're playing, they're all, in, like, in the same bottle service VIP. <laughs> <laughs> and I was in my 20s I was just like oh I thought they hate each other I thought they would never talk to each other you know but uh, that is not the case um, yeah this is, cra- this is really crazy um, and, I, I, and I think I'm, I'm glad I'm even just like doing a Google th- search of Young Thug and I'm glad people are calling out um, you know just like just I, I, again like the, the using of the lyrics against you I think it's just like such a fine line um, and you know this this only happens in rap cases. You know you you're not prosecuting prosecuting like you know Johnny Cash, right? Like <laughs> just shot him in Reno, right? Like you're not doing that. So I I, I, I wonder what's going to happen with that because I, I I do feel like that's a fine line to, to kind of stake a case against. So we'll see. Yeah, and and I feel like it's if you got if you got evidence, you got evidence, and you know looking through some of the things looks like some people. I, I'm not say. There was some dirt done, but like I said, the rap lyrics, these are just bad precedents. Yeah. Arresting a whole rap crew, again, bad precedents. It's just like at a certain point, what kind of message are you sending? Going back to your point. And I don't think that, again, you know, Reggie Reg and, and his aspiring middle-aged rappers, you know, if, if somebody in the crew is out here shooting somebody, I, I, I think that, you know, coming out there and arresting me because I got an MP3 of them rapping on a song. Again, it's all hypothetical. I, I am a terrible rapper. You will never hear this. This does not exist. But my point is, like, you know, it's very easy. It's, it's you know, you look at it, and it's like shit like where fucking how a lot of the fucking, the New York fucking Brooklyn drill rappers are getting in trouble and how they weren't able to perform and how the NYPD was pressing the scales, kind of catering all them when they're going to other places. Is at a certain point, you kind of run into this situation of where, you know, is it law enforcement or is it just the automatic perceived criminality of black people? Yeah. I don't know. True. True. And I, I think we've, oof. Decisions, decisions. We're going to cut it off now. Cut it off, cut it off. Cut it off, cut it off. All right. N- next week, we're going to get, we're going to talk about non-big releases. <laughs> <laughs> but then we Kanye. Might shot Radiohead. <laughs> but then Kanye is going to drop something. And we're like, ah, oh, man. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we we because I don't want to rush through these guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to rush it. Like you know, like like you know, Lucky Lisa Forty Seven. I like a lot. Kel Chris, I like a lot. We kind of we kind of this became the Kendrick Hour. So I want to kind of go too deep into it. But uh, next week we're gonna give them the love that they deserve, and hopefully some other underground shit. Yeah, I I think I think that's a good call. Um, Actually, you know, I got it right now. Underground Roundup. All right, let's do it. Because people have been calling us out. They say we we sold out. 
Yeah, you know, no, we, we only talk about the mainstream. I, I was out here playing kazoo on Kendrick's new album, man. She was paying well. He gave me 50 grand. I got flown out in the fucking private jet. It was awesome. Like, you know, like, 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 you know, we, 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 we supposed to be true to the culture and to the streets. Um, mm. So I, 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 we're listening. We're listening. You know, you're listening. Yeah. We're, 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 so. We'll do better. But me, I'm listening to the bag. Kendrick came there. I was like, look, <laughs> and, <laughs> No news is bad news here. Talk, I, talk about this. Look, I will show y'all the data. Like when we talk about Drake, Kanye, like those, <laughs> those, those, those streams, high. <laughs> there's a there's a period where Drake like uh, was paying our non-existent bills. <laughs> so, all that's all I'm saying. I'm all that's all I'm saying. But uh, we'll we'll hook y'all up next week. Uh, but as usual at the uh, Drake and Kanye fan club here we, we love y'all stay safe mask up things going up again you know what I'm saying just, just be safe I, I'm not telling you how to protect yourself but protect yourself you know what I'm saying take care of your loved ones you know what I'm saying keep your head on the level things are crazy out there but remember there's one thing that'll get through all this love love you motherfuckers peace peace